0: Well, this morning we're back into Galatians and Galatians 5 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. This verse is so important to our walk uh, in this world. It's so important for our relationship with God, with our relationship with Christ, and even our relationship with each other, this verse is really a a key. You know, I grew up in a church that gave me a great foundation and that I'm very grateful for. Uh, I grew up listening to topical teaching. It's not bad at all. Uh, You pull out the topics you want to cover, you find the verses that go along with those topics. You pick out your three points that you want to make about that topic, and you develop your sermon around those three main points. It's not a bad way to learn uh, the Word of God. It gives you the foundation. It gives you the main points. It kind of, you know, sets that tone for you. If we covered a, a book in the Bible, it would take four to five weeks, and we were done, you know. And then I moved to California. I found a church. We, we searched many churches. We came from great churches, my wife and I. We got married and moved to California. I was not in ministry yet. And the pastor was teaching through Luke. And I'm like, Luke? What do you mean, Luke? And they're like, the whole book. I'm like, oh, okay, well, how long? And they're like, oh, we'll be in it for, for a while. <laughs> we weren't through with the book for another year and a half. But to me it was an amazing way to learn because things started connecting. Things that I'd learned all my life, the foundation that I had was all there and it was a little disconnected and it all started connecting together. So when I started teaching, I began in this fashion also. I, you know, Again, the other way is not wrong. This way just works for me and the way my mind works and connects with the Lord. And the Word of God is important. Not my thoughts, not my ways, but the Word of God. What God has to teach us each and every week is important. So in our 16th week of this study, actually 19th week if you want to count our detour, uh, detour to the Beatitudes, we probably have another three weeks to go after this week, and, um, and then we'll probably go into the book of Joshua, I think, next. But we begin with chapter 5, and it says, "...it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then." And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Freedom is a very interesting word, especially uh, during this time. It conjures up so many different things. You, you know, freedom on vacation. You go on vacation depending on whether you can untether yourself from the phone. You feel free. If you can get away from that cell phone, the emails, the expectations that everyone has for, for you. And you can just enjoy your vacation. I believe that we ought to enjoy our freedom on vacation. Now when I I go with my family, we really like to enjoy the things we do, whether it's Hawaii or San Diego or the coast or camping. It's important for me and it's important for our family to enjoy this family time. Now there's also another trip that I, I like to do, it's a little different, ultimate freedom from electronics. My family's been going to Canada since 1981 fishing. We fly in these little lakes and few that have ever visited there and we fish for a week and you can take your cell phone, but it won't work there. There's no email, there's no expectations except to catch the big fish. Uh, You know, complete freedom. Freedom is the ability to do or not to do as God desires when it comes to Christianity as Christ intended us to live. The freedom, the, <clears throat> the peace, the rest, the rejuvenation that comes through Christ. This is really the opposite of what we've been talking about in Galatians, which has been the law and the rules and the bondage that comes from that law. Paul doesn't shy away from the, from, from the language here. He tells the, his audience, don't go back into that. You need to stay away from it. You need to stand firm. Slavery to religion is a burden his direct, you know he is directing them away from it paul is paul has been here paul has been there in the in his past life where he was a rule follower and an enforcer He he has seen the darkness that following the law can become in a person we understand this with submission and following the rules we we know how to fall in line we've been doing it our entire lives really freedom on the other hand doesn't always click We understand parts of it. As Americans, we understand some, and and as we mature and grow up, we start to understand more. We're not burdened by our by our youth. We're not trying to impress others. But many of us have missed what it means to be free in Christ. It can be confusing as to what it means. To know for freedom Christ has set us free. You know, as we walk into church buildings or we watch online, as we're all doing right now, uh, but many of us, we don't feel free in Christ. Many of us, we feel like we're not really doing enough, that we haven't been good enough lately. See, freedom isn't the first thought that pops into our minds as we talk about God. At some point, as a follower of Jesus Christ, God isn't, you know, after our submission. God is after our joy. Think about that for a second. As a father of two boys, what do I want for my kids? Well, submission sometimes, but that's really not my goal. My first goal is to have them understand God and accept Him as the Lord and Savior. My oldest has done that. My youngest is starting to ask questions about God, which is a good thing. But after that, I want what every parent wants, for them to be happy. So. When I go to Legoland, am, am I going to Legoland for myself? Some people might answer yes, but not necessarily. I go so my kids can enjoy it. Therefore, I enjoy it. They're happy, and it, and it bonds us together as a family, and I want them to enjoy life. Now, both my kids are are very funny kids. I mean, you kind of have to be, <laughs> to be a part of my family, but... But Grayson, his laugh is hilarious. It comes from deep inside of him. You can tell that he absolutely means it and it's kind of infectious. It's actually fun to watch him laugh when the boys are, are doing something and, and, and they're playing on the computer and, and Brandon's doing something. Grayson kind of becomes the boss and starts going, here, do this, here, do that. And he will just laugh like nothing other. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And when both boys are laughing like that, my heart is happy. See, God wants us to have joy in our life. God wants great things for us as children. He loves us like a good father loves his children. He would do anything for us. And that is good. And that is of his character. He even sent his son to die so he could be with us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. This is a transitional statement that Paul is making. He's summing up everything he has taught them up to this point. And now he's leading them into what is to come. Paul has been defending the gospel. And it is by grace and grace alone that the follower of Christ is freed from the law and then brought right into relationship with God. Paul is now moving us into a, a you know the last major part of his letter. That is the freedom of the believer. It you know, it, it's not a liberty of license just to do anything, but instead a freedom for the believer that leads us to a responsibility. And it leads us into holiness before God. And with the help of the Holy Spirit in the presence of our lives, we can start being more like Christ. That is what leads us to this key verse of the entire letter. It shows the purpose is you know, is in saving us you know, following by an appeal based on, on that purpose to preserve in that freedom and, and to, to, to attain that freedom and, and to stay in that freedom in the face of an attempt to bring followers of Christ under legalism. With freedom comes responsibility and action. You are free, he says, so you need to stand firm. Now, Paul is not the first person to talk about freedom. In fact, Jesus talks about it in John 8. Jesus talks about slavery not only to the law, but to sin, and they're really connected. In John 8:31, he says, "To the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Jesus is giving them the criteria for what it looks like to be a disciple. If you hold on to my teachings, if you grasp it, if you follow my teachings, then you will be my disciple. You will know the truth and and it will do what for you? It'll set you free. Paul, like, you know, just like Paul says, freedom comes with responsibility. Paul tells the Galatians, Christ has set you free, stand firm. Jesus says, Hold on to my teachings, and you will understand the truth. In John eight thirty three, he said uh, the the Pharisees and Sadducees are all standing around, and they answered him, "We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that 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 shall set, uh, that we shall be set free? I mean." You know, soon, like I said earlier, we'll go into the book of Joshua and and talking about how Jesus handled the first years of freedom coming out of slavery. They seem to have forgotten about Egypt and the Exodus here. Verse 34, it says, uh, Jesus replies, "'Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. "'Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, "'but a son belongs to it forever. "'So if the Son sets you free,' You will be free indeed. Jesus is saying, if you're controlled by sin, then you're not a part of my family. Now, he's not saying if you sin because we all sin. He is saying if you are a slave to it, if you've completely given in to its grasp, if sin motivates you, if it guides you, it will lead you to emptiness and destruction. Because sin destroys, it kills. It disguises itself as fun and and being good for you, but it leads to destruction. You know, we're so good at hiding our past, aren't we? I'm not so sure that it's so good for our, our church. We need more people to say, look at the path I was on. Look at the sin that I was involved in. It was not pretty. Look at where it was taking me. It was destroying me. And then Christ came into my life and started cleaning it up. Now look at the path that I'm on. But what do we do instead? Oh, we act like we're perfect. Oh, me? No, I I never had sin in my life. I'm on the good narrow path. (laughs) And we ignore what he saved us from. This leads other younger Christians to think that they're really on their own. That no one else has struggled with the things that they're struggling with. And I think this is important for us as, as mature Christians. As you mature, for you to, to go and bring those struggling you know, beneath you saying, Hey, look, I've gone through this. Let me help you get through this and show them the path. Light the path for them. You know, going back to the slavery idea, slaves don't have a say in anything. But if the sun sets you free, you will be free of everything. You will be free from the bondage of sin. You know, following the laws as, as these people were kept trying to pull the Galatians to do, Jesus confronted the Jewish, leaders, uh, Jewish religious leaders also, uh, you know, about the same thing Paul's talking about. In John eight forty two, he says, If God were your father, you would love me, for I've come back here from God. I've not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say? You belong to your father, the devil, and and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and a father of lies. You know, when I read something like this, I want my... I want my nice Jesus back. I don't want the mean Jesus. I don't want the truth-telling Jesus sometimes. I thought Jesus was all about love. Well, He is. He's lovingly telling us the truth about these deceivers. You know, falling into a yoke of slavery will give you a, a nickname. And that's sons of the devil. That's who your father would be. It leads to lies. You know, it leads to destruction. If Jesus sets you free, that is the truth. The truth equals freedom, and lies equal slavery. It's not about getting stuck following the rules, because we're talking about sin. Jesus always called out sin as sin. And Paul is telling us, we have an option, sin or freedom. You choose Christ set you free, so therefore you need to stand firm, and we need to not go back into slavery, in other words, the sin. Because trying to do spiritual things to please God is really offensive to God. It's sinful to try to earn God's salvation. When G- what, what Jesus did was already enough. We cannot earn it. If our motivation is guilt because we haven't spent enough time with God, then you've kind of gone back into slavery. Freedom comes with responsibility. You're free, therefore stand firm. Responsibility to to not go back to the yoke of slavery. In Paul's time, the the Jews talked about uh, taking the yoke of the law on. They thought it was a good thing. But Paul turns at 180 degrees and says, you're taking on the yoke of slavery. Jesus talked about the yoke of, uh, of slavery, and He talked about yokes and, and so forth in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. He says, "'Come to Me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For My yoke is easy, and the burden is light.'" The easy yoke of Jesus is what we choose when we choose freedom. As a rabbi, he, he used his teachings as, as a way of you know, a, a life, a, a way of life that was away from, from sin and shame and guilt and anger and lust and worry and fear and the millions of other you know, emotions and actions that enslave us. Now, what is a yoke? It's an agricultural term. It refers to a harness that you would place on a pair of oxen. They would set side by side. It would go over their necks and, and uh, you know, their the, the, the apparatus would go underneath. And they would pull the, the cart or, or plow with a yoke. And you would train a, a young ox because you would pair him up with an older ox. When the young ox would pull out ahead of the older ox, uh, the experienced ox, he would wear himself out from that burden. If he fell behind, he would kind of be dragged along. Neither one would be fun for the young ox. But once he learned to walk in step with the older ox, he would feel just the right amount of tension and the burden would become easier. You would say, he learned to walk easy in his yoke. This is a metaphor that Jesus and Paul uh, used to teach us about the freedom in Christ. As apprentices, we learn from the from the older ox. Now every person, you know, turned to to someone near you, every older person turned to someone near you and asked, did did he just call me an ox? Well, no, I'm not trying to call you an ox, but it's kind of funny. At least I think so. But as a younger ox, okay, so we evened it out there. We would show how, you know, we should watch how the older ox would live, how they obeyed and, and how, <clears throat> how they lived out the teachings. And they hold on to the truth. When we do this, we're learning to walk easy in the yoke. It is easier to be in this yoke and <clears throat> and not that of bad religion and sin. Slavery doesn't come with life that is easy and free. Paul is saying, you are free, stand firm, don't go back into the yoke of slavery. The yoke implies service and action. And this is what Paul is also talking about, standing firm. It means living out that freedom. As Martin Luther said so well, a Christian man is the most free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian man is the most dutiful servant of all, subject to all. What he's saying is, you are free, stand firm. Standing firm is is an action, it's it's very active, it's resisting, it is saying yes and no. It is a practicing Christian in, in their freedom. Earlier I mentioned it wasn't a a license to do whatever because it comes with a responsibility in our lives. Do you remember when you first got your driver's license? Now for me, that was when I was 16. I mean, freedom. I can do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, at least in my mind. You know, I went and took the driver's test and now I have my license. I'm on top of the world. I had all these plans. And the first thing that happened after I got home with my license... My dad sent me on an errand to pick something up for him. I soon realized, with my freedom, came the freedom from, for my parents to send me wherever they wanted to do as they needed me. Now, I now had responsibilities. I had to take my younger brother everywhere. I mean, all this stuff going on. I had, if mom needed something from the store, guess who got to go? I got to go to the store and stuff. Part of me was like, yes, I get to drive. And the other part of me was like, why am I doing all this stuff for my parents? See, I also soon realized that the freedom I had could be taken away at any moment too. Anytime I got in trouble with my parents, oh man, especially right after I got my license, the keys would be taken away. I soon realized that 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 freedom came responsibilities and my actions needed to stand up to a certain standard. When we have freedom that Christ gives us and gave us, it comes with a responsibility, a responsibility to stand firm, to not go back into the old sin, to not go back into what we, you know, where we once were and what we once knew. To live out the freedom that that we now have as Christ intended. To not go back into slavery we once knew gives us a freedom that God intends for us. Freedoms that that can begin to to live out today in our life. Freedom to trust God. You know, faith and trust is a foundation for, for all relationships. It's a foundation for friendships, for marriage, for you know, uh, the relationship between parents and children, and most definitely with our Heavenly Father. And it has to be rooted in trust. One of the things that I tell my, uh, my, my children is, don't start lying. Because when you start lying, that, that erodes away that trust. Yes, you can lie. Yes, you can get away with it. No, parents don't know everything 100% of the time. Now, don't tell my kids that. But they can get away with it. But what it does, it starts eroding away that foundation. And it's the same with God. Since the fall of creation, God has been on a mission to reattach with humanity in a relationship built on trust. The story of God is Him saving, uh, Him saying to, to us over and over and over trust me salvation comes by faith not through obedience with faith comes trust it gives us the freedom to live without fear the bible says in one way or another over 300 times to not have fear we can come to god without fear because of what christ did on the cross we have access to god now and and we don't need to fear his wrath Fear can put us into bondage, but Jesus already conquered that fear. So we don't have to battle it ourselves. As we follow Him, we are more than conquerors. No matter the trial, no matter the battle, or no matter the fear that that we come up against, it also gives us the freedom to say, no, we are so free in Christ, we have the freedom to not participate not participate in certain things that society deems as a, as a part of life as a, or write a rite of passage maybe. We don't have to participate in things that make us stumble or run against what the Holy Spirit says is right and good and of God. Paul had a commitment to do everything he did for the glory of God. And he was not going to make those around him stumble by what he was participating in. Yes, he was was so free that he could actually say, no, I'm not going to do that. Right along with with that one freedom is the freedom to love. We've missed this sometimes in the church. Oh, man, we, we are so set on being right that we are right without love. What a tragedy that is, especially as we call ourselves Christians. Freedom gives us the, you know, the love to connect with all different kinds of people, uh, you know, uh, not to be people pleasers, to share the great news of Jesus Christ. Now once when I was a youth pastor, I, I brought in a speaker for a youth camp, but I had him dress up as a homeless guy and sit outside of a Burger King on the way to our camp. Only two other adults knew what was going to happen so they could kind of back me up as the kids kind of freaked out. So we stop all the vehicles at this Burger King and and about 70 junior hires invade the place and they started walking by this homeless guy. And the homeless guy, as I go by, said something to me. So I sat down and started talking to him. Now, many of the youth were curious, seeing me sitting next to this guy. So during the conversation, I invited him to go to camp with us. So we shuffled people around in the cars and you know, so he could ride with me and the, and the kids. And, and once we got to camp, he just kind of hung around for a while. And you could imagine all the conversation going back and forth about the homeless guy that, that the pastor brought to camp. So that night, the band is starting up and the guy's sitting on the front row. And he's just like looking around at all the kids. He's just having a fun time. I would show you how he's dancing, but I can't dance. So there you go. You know, the guy's sitting in the front row just enjoying himself. I get up to speak, and he interrupts me and asks me if he could say something. I'm like, sure, why not? And all the eyes just go big like, he's going to let him talk? And he gets up and he preaches to the kids. They were fascinated. They couldn't believe I let him speak, much less that he, that he actually preached to them. Now, we then revealed to them that he wasn't actually a homeless guy, but the speaker for the weekend for the camp. And one of the things that happened was their eyes were open to look at people through a different lens. We have a freedom to see people differently. Not how the world is, has positioned everyone. We have a freedom to love people. Love them no matter what, you know, their socioeconomical, or economic status or, or you know, we, got, we can love them no matter what skin color they are, whether it's the same as ours or not. We can love them no matter if they have an accent or not. This freedom that we have allows us to act. And we'll make mistakes along the way, but we can't play the game because we're fearful we'll mess up. We can't stand the bench. One of the things I love about my, my oldest uh, boy, Brandon, he's willing to try. He's a perfectionist in many, in many ways. He wants to learn things. He wants to learn how to do them right. He will get irritated if he doesn't do something the right way. But I'm amazed that, that he's willing to try so many new things. He's like, yeah, I'll try that. Let me try it. Let me, I'll do that. We can't be paralyzed by fear and then not act on the things of God. We need to try. We need to obey, even when we might mess it up and not do it right. Sometimes it seems that we, we will pray about something, but not obey the Lord when He asks us to do something. It's like, i got to pray about it. We're like, but the Lord already asked you to do it. But Yeah, but I'm praying about it. If God is calling you to do something, then do it. This freedom that we have also allows us to to change. If you are not free to Christ, you are a slave to sin. And that is not the yoke you have to carry. And, you know, we, we need to change. If you follow Christ, you will soon realize things always seem to be changing in God's world. It frees us to change to the person that God intended us to be. Freedom comes with responsibility, actions. You were free, Paul says, stand firm. Don't go back to law. Don't go back to that sin. Live out the freedom that Christ brought. You really have three options. Sin, religion, or freedom through Christ. If Christ came to bring freedom, then I say choose freedom. Because you are free, you need to stand firm. To go back to the law would be like the Israelites going back to Egypt. When God led His people out of Egypt with Moses, God allowed the Egyptians to follow them to the Red Sea. He provided a miracle at the Red Sea where he, He pushed the waters back so they could cross. The Egyptian army is coming down and pursuing them. And as soon as Moses brought his arms back down and all the Israelites were across, the sea closed and killed the Egyptian army. One reason for this is, now they had the freedom not to go back. They would have been killed if they did. They thought they, they you know, the thought that uh, needed to be erased in their heads that they could still go back. They still complained from time to time and actually talked about wanting to go back. But they understood what, what, what had happened. Some had this desire to go back to slavery. I'm tired of this bread. I'm ti- I need more water. I'm tired of this and that. They wanted to go back and not stand firm just as God did with them in the Exodus. Paul is saying to the Christians in Galatia, come on guys, don't go back. You are free, stand firm. Imagine going to your favorite restaurant. I know it's hard to right now since we can't do it, but, but use your imagination. You have a favorite meal. You get it every time. But today, you feel like trying something new. And the thing that you got is just amazing. I mean, you're just, your taste buds explode. But the waiter comes by with your old meal you usually order to the table that's next to you. You just ate the most amazing meal. But you look over and you start longing for your old, comfortable meal. You want to go back. This would be like a person in in the middle of a healthy, happy, growing marriage looking to a past relationship and pursuing that past relationship with an old boyfriend or girlfriend. If someone did that, you know, you, you would go to them and you would say, you're crazy, you've lost your mind. Paul is saying, don't go back. You're in a perfect relationship with God. Don't go back to religious activity that you were comfortable with because you're unwilling to trust God. For others, it's something that pulls us away from God. Alcohol or pornography or drugs or lust or self-hurt or or, our image, our relationship, you keep going back to even though you know it is not of God and it's not healthy for you at all. Stand firm. Don't go there. You know, this has been happening since Jesus called His disciples. He called many of His disciples who were fishermen. They dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. Now, after everything they saw and and did and participated in, after His crucifixion, what did they do? (laughs) They went back. They picked up their fishing nets and fished. He came to them after the resurrection and said, No, I've called you to be fisher of men. So my question is this. What is your safety net? What is your thing you do or go to when you stop trusting God? Jesus is offering a way out, a place of joy, a place of rest, a place of freedom. But you keep going back, and He says, don't go back. Don't do it. The Scriptures say it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not uh, let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We have a choice. The law or Jesus? The law or Jesus? Which one do you choose? Freedom or the law? Let's pray. Lord, we... So many of us struggle with the freedom that you've given us. So many of us struggle with the freedom that, that we should have, that we seem the, that's just beyond our grasp because we're following the things of this world. We, pr- we pray, Lord, that you, you lead us down the path of Righteousness that You bring those older ox, in a sense, the older Christians, those that are more mature, along beside us, and You yoke us to them. And they help guide us, and we learn to to keep the the yoke easy because they represent You in the relationship, Lord. Your yoke is easy. You take most of the burden. And we're just along for the ride, Lord, and I pray that You help us seek that out. And when we find it, we pray that we don't go back that we stayed in the freedom that you've given us. The truth has set us free, and we are free indeed. I pray, Lord, that we start to understand that in our relationship with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine down upon you, and may He bless you this week. May His face never turn from you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You guys have a wonderful week.